Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today I'm with Mark. And we are going to be talking about something that took us a very long time to figure out and a lot of money. Five years and several hundred thousand dollars by my count. Yeah, it's like, this is probably the one thing we spend the most money figuring out, like more than advertising, more than anything else. And that is getting other people to do what you're supposed to do, i.e. to outsource. And, you know, how many employees have we had, like, as an agency, as freelancers, et cetera, you would say? I mean, probably over 100. Yeah, probably over 200 with freelancers, I would say. Actually. Yeah, sure. Okay, so why would people do that? Why would people outsource? Well, because, you know, essentially you're only one person, so there's a limit in how many hours in the day. And this is the only way you can affect essentially buy time is by outsourcing some of what you do in your job when you're when you're building a, or growing a, an authority site. So the the main concept behind it is to buy back your own time. And you know when you reach a certain point, it's really the only way to grow. As I said, only a certain number of hours in the day, so you literally can't write anymore or do any more outreach or market the site anymore beyond a certain point otherwise you'll you know go insane so yeah there's that and the the other sort of main reason to do this is to bring in new skills which you don't have that could be tech skills so if you're not like a programmer it guy you might want to bring in someone to do that could be you know i mean most businesses will hire accountants to and lawyers because they don't have those skills themselves so you know that's another form of outsourcing in terms of authority sites, to like content, if you're not a topic expert, then hiring someone who is to write your content is probably a good idea. So you're bringing in new skills that way. I think how they phrased it in my business school text, not business school, university textbook was uh, it allows companies to focus on their core competencies while outsourcing everything else, which is just like an enabling factor. But So when do you outsource? Like when do you say, okay, I need to outsource stuff rather than say, I'm just going to put more on my own plate? Well, I mean, there's two, again, it depends what you're trying to outsource there. But essentially, generally the rule is figure it out yourself and do it yourself, then template it, build a process, then outsource it. Don't expect someone else to, to figure it out. Now, the exception to that is if you don't have those skills. So if there's some kind of tech problem, and you're not a server admin and your, your site's down, then you, you, you know, there's nothing you can do. You can't learn that, you know, overnight to fix that. I mean, you could, but it would take a while and your site would be down. It takes years to learn that stuff. So you, you need to hire someone who, who can do that for you. So would you say the biggest mistake people make is they outsource before they figure it out? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it always reminds me of seven years ago, I think it was. Gosh, that makes me feel old. On uh, Upwork, I saw this job ad and someone had a budget of $50 and they wanted someone to make them a site which would generate $50 per day. Yeah, I mean, that's a good investment. <laughs> that would be a great investment, but of course, no one was like going to do that. That's the thing. It's like, I think 
A lot of people, especially when they start websites, etc., they're very eager to outsource stuff. They essentially just want to throw money at it rather than throwing time at it. Yeah, they read the sort of four-hour work week and they, they, they sort of dream of sitting on a beach somewhere and just other people making them money. But you have to sort it's of... Not easy, yeah. yeah, you have to figure out. I don't know anyone, like, between in our network, I don't know a single person that works four hours a week or even close to that. So We're just friends with losers, that's why you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's, especially when you're starting a site or starting a, a business, there's so much you have to figure it out yourself at the start. And it's worth doing because it, it means that when you do then outsource parts of, of what you're doing, you're in a much better position to give feedback, which is important to making sure the quality of your outsourcing is, is good. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge management aspect that people completely ignore as well when they get into it, right? Yeah. It's like, for me, when we hire people, there is so much like management work, training work, etc. It's actually a huge burden on you. It's more work initially than if you did the task. Yeah. And people like that's that's, that's that. kind of the outsourcing trap though, because you get yourself into a position where you're doing everything. It's taking up all your time. And if you want to outsource part of it, you need even more time to do that. So it, it can be difficult to do that in times. And I think we've suffered from that problem once or twice before. Yeah. And it's hard to like hire a lot of people at the same time. Like you should definitely just outsource one thing, then the other, then the next one, not try to outsource five things at once. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like, as I said, it's like you will need to train people, but there's also the management aspect of it is like these are people that want to interact with you they want to understand things you need to answer their questions you need to make them feel welcome you need to do all these things that will literally take your time to handle it's like it's it's how you would expect it if you had a new job yourself yeah so it is uh, and you this, got you got to remember as well that anyone even a very highly skilled person who you're outsourcing to they're not going to have the same experience of your business as you do. So you can't expect them to just come in and do everything perfect from, from day one. Even the best people, it, it doesn't work like that. There's a onboarding process which, which takes time and takes time from you as well. Okay, so from the beginning since we started, how has the experience been and how is it today? Well, you know, as we alluded to earlier, to start with, it was horrible. We had completely the wrong approach um, and we just didn't really know what we were doing. What was the wrong approach? I think it's important. So two things. One was we threw money at every problem and expected people to, well, I, I guess it's the same thing. We threw money at every problem and we expected the people we brought in to figure everything out for us. Whereas we needed to figure that ourselves and then bring in those people to execute. So we kind of skipped a step there. That's what, what last time. There were other factors like, you know, we weren't the most passionate people about running an agency. So I think that sort of factored into a little bit, but yeah, essentially the, what I said before, that was, that was the, the, the main problem. It took us many years to figure out how to do it properly, even in our current business, like the, with the authority sites. You know, we've hired people in the past that haven't really been great, especially for like content writers and on health ambition, I'm thinking. So, but in more recent years, it, certainly in the past year, we've gotten, I'd say, pretty good at it. I don't know whether it's out of necessity or we've just failed so many times that we started I think we don't succeeding. have the scale as well, right? Like in five years, you might look back at today and say we were horrible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
Yeah, as I said, I think it's starting to go really well. And because we have this sort of process in place for how we do it, that is figure it out ourselves, do it, learn it, template what we're doing, and then spend put in the actual hours to tr- hire the right people and train them well and constantly give feedback. Okay. Do you think it's going to take as much time and money for everyone or do you think we just we were just bad? I think we were just bad to be honest. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast very closely, like seriously take lots of notes because there's lots of little things which which I mention which it might not seem like that big of a deal, but honestly, you do all this stuff, it'll if you don't do this stuff, it'll put you back years, I promise you. Yeah, I mean, we'd literally be hundreds of thousands of dollars richer. If we figured it out properly initially. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's probably worth looking at a little bit closely. Um, Okay, so let's imagine someone wants to get started with that stuff. How do you get started? So my current philosophy is template everything. And in order to do that, you need to know what the task is. And usually, not always, but usually you need to be able to do it yourself, at least for a while. So, like, you need to, what I did, just last week, actually, we hired someone to do, to respond to emails, email outreach from one of our sites. And I actually ended up spending the best part of a day templating that. So, that is going through hundreds and hundreds of these responses and saying, okay, how would I respond to this email? How would I respond to this email? How would I respond to this email? And then sort of making it in the end you, you'll start to see sort of like groups of 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 how this works and then um i was able to sort of create these these template responses and as i was doing that i like documented the entire process so exactly what the job is what the site is like even basic stuff that we never talk about or think about just because it's sort of ingrained in 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 our knowledge of our own business but I basically tr- built a document so that anyone who had no idea what we do could read it and conceivably get started doing it. So this this has a few things, a few benefits. It reduces the risk and doesn't reduce the risk of someone quitting, but it reduces the impact if someone quits because it's it's very easy to or it's a lot easier to onboard someone when you have these kind of documents and it also makes forces you to think about what you're doing in a more structured way which can actually help you improve the process yourself. And finally, it gives whomever you're hiring something to refer back to because if they just have a call with you or a meeting or whatever, they're not going to take everything in first time and having something written down is always good to to go back to. So I'd say like the first thing to consider when you're outsourcing, before you hire someone, before you bring someone on board is how are you actually going to structure the work? How are you going to template it? and you know, in in this case, like which part of the the task are you actually going to to outsource? And that brings me on to the next point, which is making things a sort of step by step process. So, if you go to someone and say, "Hey, go write articles for my website," that's a, not going to go. Well. <laughs> that's a very very tall thing, like tall order to to ask from someone. I mean, they'll be most people will be able to write something for you, but I guarantee it's not going to be what you want. And so to get what you want, to get the quality, the writing style, all that, you need to make it a step-by-step process. And in many cases, you actually need to give different steps to different people. So 
let me just clarify that what what I mean by this step by step process. Like, don't ask people to think abs- several abstract things at once. So create content for this site. If someone asks me to do that, I'm going to have so many questions going through my head. What's the branding of the site? What kind of writing voice am I? I'm going to use who's who's the target audience? You know, how long is it? Which resources should I use? How should I link within the site? And out? you know, it's all these things and many many more start start going through going through my head and a lot of times when you outsource people are not going to ask you the questions they're just going to assume or they're not even going to know there's a, there's a question there to be asked so you, you really have to break it down into a you know this is the research process this is the writing process this is how we structure the the content this is the editing process and then within each of those things break them down further and why this is good is not only because it again helps you clarify exactly what people are doing but it allows you to get the best people to do different parts of a process so a lot of people would think doing content for a site oh it's just writing stuff but it's not there's several parts to that there's the research keyword research and in in many cases actual researching the the question or the topic of of the content itself which has to be done there's the writing, there's putting it together, there's the editing and publishing. That's a, a, a crucial one. We, we have different people who do writing mm. and publishing. And you tend to need more sort of a, like an analytical person to do the actual publishing and more the creative researchy type to do or writer type to do the, the, the writing, for example. So in, in that case, if in our experience, whenever we've hired writers to and ask them to actually publish the content and format it, it hasn't gone well because there's, I don't know, I just don't think people who are good at writing are, are necessarily good at I think there's also that so. thing where it's like you're done writing something and you're like, ah, oh, the last thing I want to do is work more on that piece. Yeah, that's like, true. I don't know if all writers are like that or it's just me and you from a personal <laughs> point of view. I'd be curious to hear, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure you know after the Thrive Leads piece. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of good to to like actually have a pair of fresh eyes work on something that has been worked on as well. So, yeah, I like breaking it down as well. Even if it means, I mean, you know, with systems like Upwork and so on, yeah, you don't have to hire people full time or anything like that. So it's, it doesn't cost you more. It also allows you to get people that are more qualified for that one specific task rather than one person doing everything that's like good at some things but not at others. So breaking it down is like actually like a bit of the secret sauce of what we do actually these days. Yeah. I also, a lot of people are tempted to throw money at the problem, as we said before. Instead of hiring someone cheap, they hire someone expensive and they expect them to figure it out. If you hire a writer that's going to write you articles for $15 versus someone that's going to write you articles for $150, there's really not going to be much difference in terms of what you get if you don't give them any instructions. If the content might be a little bit better, but I guarantee you it's not going to be what you want. So you can't really expect to expect other people to figure out how to do or how your business should be structured. Okay, I think uh, we should jump into the five things people should outsource because we've been talking quite a while right now. Okay, great. <laughs> so... First one is obviously we've talked about it, content, right? Yeah, and uh, like it's the writing of the content. You mean, right? 
Yeah, writing of the content and editing of the content. So it can kind of be two. I mean, in in some of our sites, we we split that into two roles, although it doesn't necessarily have to be. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's one thing that a lot of people that produce content they don't even have an editing part. They just take the the stuff they get from the writer, copy paste in WordPress, publish, done, goodbye. Yeah. We should probably just do an entire podcast on why editing is important, I guess. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because uh, otherwise we are going to run for two hours, guys. So, okay, so you want to outsource content, like, uh, what do you template? You say you want to template things, like, what is templated when you outsource content? Well, the structure to start with. What does that mean? So it basically means that you have certain types of, of articles. Anyone who's a Authority Hacker Pro member will, will know if you look at the content outsourcing blueprint that we have in there, we've sort of arranged it in certain certain ways of like a question post or a best X for Y, you know, like best multivitamins for kids or something like that as an example. And the way in which these posts are structured forces the writer to write a certain amount about each part and you know research five different things and compare them and and all that sort of stuff we tell them what should be inside we don't just give them the keyword essentially yeah exactly and in many cases that's actually giving them resources to look at as well comparable articles to on, on other sites to to look into but it's also in a template you're specifying certain rules so how should we link out to, to other sites? How do we find other authorities? Which sites should we avoid if there's any misinformation out there? Even the sort of the persona or the personality of how it's being written, in what voice, who's yeah. the audience, all these little things that a writer might wouldn't necessarily know unless you, you tell them. It's it's important to to have that have that down. Yeah, actually like if you read sorry a lot of health and mission posts you will see that there is like personal stories from helen and stuff like that in there and that's because inside the briefs we actually give them a backstory we give them a lot of stuff and it allows the writer to actually make this feel more personal not just informational and that you know that gets more engagement from the audience and so on so it's a good thing to have actually yeah so why would someone outsource content what are the benefits and what are the risks as well? Okay, so whatever your business, if you're running an authority site, you will have to outsource content at some point. Now, many people, they want to outsource content straight away because they, you know, maybe they're not a native English speaker, they're not a topic expert. And that's fine, though I, I do think that you should try and learn the topic somewhat yourself. But there will come a point where you will have to outsource content if you want to grow. And we've experienced that fairly, well, a while ago, actually, on Authority Hacker. The content we produce for Authority Hacker takes really long time to write. Yeah. Really, really, really long time. Because we have such high standards for the the, the quality and the the internet marketing market. Uh, consumers in there are very, they have very high standards themselves. So we can't just pump out an article a day because it's it's just not possible, right? I mean, writing some people do it. At least um, some people do it. Yeah, yeah. But if someone's writing an article a day and it's very high quality, there, I guarantee you, they're not writing an article a day. So yeah, you, there comes a point when you just have to do that to in order to grow, in order to have time to do other stuff in your business. And 
to use health ambition as another example, you and I were certainly not topic experts there. And we were able to get a pretty good sort of initial growth after about six months when we hired someone, one of our friends who is, really is a very good topic expert on health and nutrition. And uh, he was able to write some awesome stuff which and give us a lot of ideas which we would never have had ourselves or would have taken us a long time to sort of get to. So, yeah, there's a lot of benefits for for doing outsourcing content. And what are the cons? Yeah. Are the risks? Yeah, if, if your writer is bad and you don't know that it's bad, then your whole business is going to suffer. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's quite an easy trap to fall into, either because you don't know it's bad or because you're not checking and you just assume that they're going to keep writing good stuff. So for that reason, it's a really important to have an editor you can be the editor initially. That's fine if you know the topic and if you do actually keep checking that the content's good enough. Or you can hire an editor. Um, we, we have an editor in, on Health Ambition. Her job is just to check other writers' work and push back on them and make sure the quality's in, in place. So there's a sort of checks and balances system. I mean, you want yeah. a counter power system in place, right? It's yeah. like, uh, I call it like the content gatekeeper. It's like someone who has the responsibility of pressing the publish button. And the instruction is like, well, you would be happy to share that on your Facebook wall, essentially. So yeah. if it's the writer, you just want to get over with and get paid. And the editor, their only job is to make sure that if we go and check it out, or if an expert goes and check it out, it's... It's not going to look bad on us. It's going to look like it's something good and it's, our brand is going to be protected essentially. Yep. And this counter power is super important. And that's how it works in real publishing, like in newspaper. You know, you have the editor in chief and you have the editors and you have the writers. Essentially, there is these layers because that is what essentially ensures quality. And if you don't have these layers, you will publish bad content. Yeah. So let's jump on the next one, which is going to be link building. Um, that is something we do, like we've done more recently, right? Yeah, I want to clarify. The second one's link building outreach, and okay. the third one's also link building, but it's handling the responses. So we can sort of talk about these two together if we want. But okay, uh, the reason I split that into two is because fundamentally you need two different people, two different types of people doing that. Link building outreach is finding link opportunities, reverse engineering backlink profiles doing mail merges, sending out templates to lots of people, that kind of thing. And that requires a very sort of analytical person. Whereas handling the responses from real people, although we do and we we have templated that to an extent, it still requires a very much like a people person in order to get the best result from that. If you had a people person doing the analytical part, I don't think it would work very well. And vice it would take too much time to do it, actually. Yeah, yeah. So the initial email we send is always the same anyway. Yeah, it's customized. The URLs and the the name, if we have it, is, is customized. But the base templates are always the same. Whereas the responses that we, we send, while they are templated, there's many more parts within that template which are customized. Yeah, I mean, we treat the email like an ad, essentially. And when someone clicks on the ad, then we do customized stuff. Yeah. The first email is like an ad. So, yeah, that's why we have two different people as well. What are the pros and cons of outsourcing that stuff? First of all, I want to talk about like how we did it. And for the outreach part, actually, maybe you can talk about that because you did that. Yes. I mean, I first did it like for like 
five or six posts, like the promotion, you know, like I actually did it for like a couple days. Mm-hmm. And then I, I mean, then it was, I figured out the template, I figured out what to say here, etc. Like if you do this stuff, you really get into the details that nobody talks about on any blog or anything like that. It's like, you can't just give that to a blog post to an what, asshole. What's but, an example of one of those details that you, you wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't I mean, the way you craft your, your templates. I was like, basically, it's like we're doing skyscrapers. So we're like, hey, you link to this other piece of content that talks about this. Why don't you link to us as well? And I know that the success rate of this is just not very good. So after after one day, got like two replies out of like, over 100 emails sent and I was like okay it's not very good so like let's figure out like let's give something in exchange so then I started offering like social shares and I tested different things to offer and you know ultimately the social shares won and like you know our result was like 500% more replies or something and uh, and then eventually crafted that template around that also recrafted so that I understand we're using GMAS right now for this outreach and I understand the technical limitations and I was like, how do I optimize the time spent collecting emails and information? So we spent really little time doing that and we can send a lot of emails. So then I tweaked my template around that. So it takes not only technical understanding, but also being able to then craft a messaging to people, which you can't really ask that to a freelancer. So crafting all of that and then when it was ready, like copy paste everything, put everything in Google Docs. And then I trained um, the person that, that was uploading our blog post at the time on the site like for like 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And ever since he's been building like 600 links in the last three months or something, something crazy, four or five months probably. Yeah. Um, and, and so to to follow on to that, we were sending out all these emails and getting a lot of responses, which was great. But very quickly, the inbox started to to pile up. A lot. Um, yeah. And so I, like, I started handling that. And that was fine initially, but it really started to be quite successful. So there was, it was taking half a day, even sometimes a day a week to actually take care of all that. And so it was something which absolutely had to, I realized had to, had to outsource. So I spent really the best part of a day one time going through 50 or 60 responses and sort of making, Responding to them, but res- creating the responses in such a way that they could be used again. So kind of templating them. Obviously, it's not the same thing. You can't completely template it. You still have to add personalization parts and, and stuff to it, much more so than with the initial initial outreach, not just you know the URL. It's like actual building rapport with with people here yeah, and so. people ask questions and stuff so you do yeah. answer. okay it's you can template the first email you can't template the entire relationship exactly exactly so but i was actually surprised just how much i was able to template i mean i say something yeah. like 80 percent of responses will get a template which is personalized but so one, once i'd done that i then built all these templates i then wrote a document explaining how the whole thing worked and then, and as I was doing that, this forced me to make several decisions and to actually improve the process. So whenever we successfully built a link, I asked them to put that link in a spreadsheet, a Google Doc. And similarly, whenever someone told us to get lost, I would ask them to put it in another document, which is a became a blacklist. And then I actually ended up using those in order to filter out certain people from the initial outreach process. So that that kind of helped us improve 
the outreacher's job as well, not just the response handling. So once that was done, I uh, hired someone off Upwork actually and gave her a little bit of training and then just basically asked her to to do this work, except for the first, I mean, even now she's not sending anything without me checking it first. And that yeah, I can see. I see like forty plus emails queued up already. <laughs> yeah, and so basically every time she works, she sends me a report, and then I just go through them all and give feedback on every single one. And it's, it's she's only been on board for about a week, so I think after maybe two or three more weeks, I'll actually start getting her to send stuff. But I, I need to make sure sort of ninety five percent are good to go from from the first time she does it. And even then, I'm gonna keep coming back and I'm going to check everything for a while and keep giving feedback. So that's basically the, the process for how we did it. Obviously, main thing here is that it saves us a, a whole lot of time and uh, it, it's kind of, it's not autopilot, but it's it's close to... Uh, it's going to be there eventually. It's close to autopilot, yeah. It only becomes autopilot when people have been working for you for, I don't know, like six months or something and they, they really know the job well. Um, yeah. it, it does take a while. Well, the next thing we're going to talk about actually is on autopilot for us right now. And I'm pretty happy about that. And that is content publishing slash formatting, right? Yeah. Can you explain what happened there? Yeah. So I alluded to this earlier. It's basically in the past, we'd had writers actually publish their own, their content. So put it onto our site either back in the day in, in the WordPress editor more recently in Thrive Content Builder and that was a mistake because certainly in Health Ambition we actually have several different writers and they obviously have different styles they like to format things a little differently I just didn't get it usually yeah. usually writers they think in a fundamentally different way to someone who would be good at actually publishing and formatting a a blog post. So yeah. Yeah, so that's what we did. And so we hired we essentially hired someone full time actually. But that person is it now it wasn't just for that though. It yeah, was, that person is now also doing the initial outreach for us and a few other tasks. Uh learning guest posting as well. But I mean that guy's been doing something like since when did we hire that uh, him? February? March? February. He's probably built more links than most SEOs ever have in their career. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty good. But essentially, yeah, we hired someone that we could train on our style. And we also templated a lot on Thrive Content Builder. So like different types of posts, we have different types of elements that he can just drag and drop that are templated and so on. And once again, a lot of feedback for the first three months, every single post. I mean, I'm still pressing the publish button. But that's the only thing I do. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just like checking it out, giving him some feedback, then like having some changes done, etc. He also learned how to do featured images, that kind of stuff. And essentially now it's on autopilot. He works directly with our editor. They assign tests to each other. So can I just ask, so on day one, like when he started, what was your process for actually teaching him how to do this? I mean, I showed him like Strive Content Builder for like two hours. And then I gave him four posts, and he was doing it at my place, actually. Okay. And so it was like uh, over the shoulder training. Yeah, pretty much. And then Do you the think next you could have day, done that if it was remote. Yeah, probably. I mean, we could have just done Google Hangout, and literally like mute the microphone, and he just walks, and I see his screen. So it's definitely possible, but because he was in Budapest, I was like, why not? 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then the next day he did it, but remotely. And then uh, the next day, and then eventually I got him to do batches. And then I only gave feedback once a day and then once a week. And now like it's basically once a month. Uh, so Okay. And how long did it take for before? So you, you said you're still checking everything. And yeah. I mean, that. I don't really ask for much changes anymore. Okay. But yeah, it took him like I mean, he he's pretty good. So it took like two weeks, and then everything was good, basically. Okay, but it was quite a lot of work initially to. Yeah, I mean, I had to like check, as I said, every day, and then after the two weeks, I checked every week, and now it's like once a month. Like we have a call, and I say like, oh, let's let's tweak this and this and this, etc. It's interesting. So I guess outsourcing it's kind of like a lot of people think you're investing money to buy time, but there's probably quite a bit of time investment. Yeah, that you a need lot. to consider as well. So that's what I said at the beginning. You know, you need to really like onboard people. It takes a lot of time and energy. And if you don't do it, like people have zero motivation. They will quit the next job they get if someone pays them an extra dollar per hour. Like if if you do that, if you treat people like machines, literally you are going to be facing a high turnover, which is going to cost you more than actually giving time to people initially. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's and look, it's working really well right now. He's also doing our outreach, and for our new sites, he's gonna be doing guest posting as well. He's been training on Authority Hacker Pro. That's actually the stuff we use to train people. <laughs> so yeah, and then I'm gonna probably meet him an hour or two, and we're gonna do the same. Essentially, we're gonna be doing uh, this over the shoulder initially. Then I'm gonna be checking once a day, then once a week, then once a month, and then he'd be able to handle that process too. And with content publishing, there's not really any risks as long as you're the person who is pressing publish and yeah, that's fine. checking. Just I mean, we have a lot of like automated stuff happening when we press publish, you know, like social media updating, like mm-hmm. push notifications and so on. So, you know, just make sure nothing's broken. But yeah, there's, if you press publish... So it's okay, but it's, once again, it's still time, right? It's still you need to go back to the site, you need to go and check everything. That's you need- sorry, just to interrupt. That's actually a really good point you you brought up about like automating a lot of things, automating a lot of the role with the social media sharing being done automatically. When we're doing the li- the link building outreach response handling, I actually created this Google Docs spreadsheet, which basically functions like a a checker. So before any outreach is sent they will the person who's doing it posts all the URLs there and there's various formula in place and it checks certain things, whether we've outreached them before, whether they're in the blacklist, that kind of stuff. But also is the word tag in there because we end up outreaching to a lot of tag pages rather than actual blog posts. So in doing this yourself and, and thinking through it, it, it will actually force you to actually automate the the role and make it easier not just for you but for the next person which saves you money in the long run as well yeah automation is essentially the next step to outsourcing it's like it's you probably always need people for websites to some extent i mean until ai gets really (laughs) good but you can use a lot of tools and automations to reduce your costs and reduce errors yeah so that's that's essentially how we use these things like uh, there's no tool that can automate your site you need people to operate these tools yeah but it's definitely like a big, and you shouldn't be afraid to invest like a couple dollars per month in some subscriptions or something to speed stuff up. Like it's much faster to automate your social sharing than paying someone to do it, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And much cheaper. I mean, we pay like 10 bucks a month for Buffer or something. Yeah. It's not that bad. Cool. Let's talk about the last one, which is something we've done with more or less success. And I think we're going to talk about 
to check out with your own health ambition. But that would be server admin slash tech stuff if you are not a developer like we are not, essentially. Yeah, I think most people who are listening to this probably, they maybe have a, a, a few skill, a few tech skills here and there, but you ask them to migrate a MySQL database and they, they wouldn't know where to start. Uh, I mean, neither would we. This can be quite a problem if you're running a, an authority site because at some point your site will break. Something will happen. Yeah, a plugin will get hacked or maybe you just overload your shared hosting server or something will happen that will cause your site to, to go down and, and break. And when that happens, you will need to, need to fix it. And if anyone thinks, oh, you can just contact your hosting and they'll, they'll fix it for you. Sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, they tend, at least in my experience, they tend to blame it on something else. And it, it's this sort of circular blame game and no one takes responsibility for it. Not always, but, but sometimes. And the point is you don't want your site breaking in the first place. Um, particularly if you're running a shopping cart, which we do on, on many of our sites actually. And the one on health ambition actually broke a month ago or something like that. And it was, mm-hmm. it was down for a week. We didn't get any error message or, or nothing. It's just sales stopped. And when that happens, it takes a while to realize because, you know, sometimes we have days when there's no sales. So that's, it's, it's not entirely, it's, it's not a weird thing that that would happen for a day or two. But when it happens for a whole week, you know, then we realize something's wrong and we have to, to fix it. And bringing in someone to do that took, took time in itself. So, yeah, I mean, I wanted more to talk about what happened when we designed the checkout originally. <laughs> Can you tell what happened? Okay, so we hired this company to, we were using this the default member mouse checkout, which isn't great. Um, member mouse is a membership platform, if you don't know what it is, it's what we use to deliver the content and process the payments. Yeah, and we then, we wanted to make a better looking checkout to convert better, basically. So we hired a company to, to do that. They're an agency based here in, in Hungary, and um, they seem to be seem to know what they're doing. We hired them through friends, which is not the way you should be hiring, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, we've made that mistake a few times, but I would, I would avoid that. Yeah, basically, they created a mock-up, which actually looked pretty good. And then, but when it came to implementing it, it, it just, it was terrible let's be honest there were many 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 things they did wrong and eventually after far too long we got it sort of working there were a few things broken and we just sort of washed our hands of that and um and and stopped working with them basically but they left us a little present in that they had modified the actual theme files they hadn't done it through a child theme, which, which meant, we asked for. Which we asked for, yeah. Which meant that when we updated the the theme, the cart broke, and that's what caused the the problem. So yeah, that was that. But that's what's going to happen. I think that's an interesting story because that's what happens pretty frequently when you hire outside of your skill right? Like when we hire people doing link building, we can spot these kind of problems like really easily. But when it's development or something, it's very complicated. And that's one of the cases where I tend to overpay rather than taking risks, especially when we make money from that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And and it's something that I think that raises a problem where it's like, well, 
one thing you can do is you can hire someone to hire for you, which is either you know someone that you trust is good at this stuff and has the credentials for that, which you know we are lucky enough to have, and that's how we hired the developer for Copycog when we did that, for example. Or you can hire someone that has like amazing credentials on Odesk, but and they're going to be very expensive. It could be like $100, $200 an hour. Mm-hmm. But you can use them to hire your twenty dollars an hour WordPress developer, essentially. Yeah, and then then you get an expert's opinion because otherwise you may be hiring someone that's like it's like writers, you know. It's like you pay fifty bucks instead of twenty bucks, and you get basically the same thing. Yeah, if you don't know the job, if you don't know how to select a good person, you're gonna pay either by hiring someone who's very expensive or by paying someone else to hire them for you. Or by going to an agency who's a very well-respected agency, hopefully, who's very expensive because they have very good people. You know? Yeah, I actually used a service called Codable lately to do a plugin for us, and actually it was pretty good. And they have a 100% money-back guarantee, codable.io, mm-hmm. and it's, like, it's basically like an outsourcing agency just for WordPress. And uh, so far, it's been working well. The plugin they've made for us, and the perk with that is, yeah, it's a bit more expensive, but they filter developers. It's not like anyone like on Odesk, and they give you a hundred money by hundred percent money by guarantee if you're not happy with the result. That's pretty good then for anyone who doesn't have any sort of tech skills. Yeah, um, that, it's like that's where I would probably go there instead of Upwork, just because I'm not technically savvy enough to judge people's work. Like, you know, we would pay for something, but in the end, you get the guarantee that this is going to work, and they give you the price before, actually. Okay, that's pretty good. So that is pretty good. How do you template a tech job, though? You can't. If you don't know the job or you can't do it yourself, you you can't template it. That's why, I mean, there's always going to be a risk whomever you're hiring, even if if you're templating it. So the way to mitigate that risk with, uh, with jobs you don't know, like tech stuff, is, is that, well, first of all, back everything up before you give people full access to your site. That's a good idea. But before that, get a recommendation off of a trusted source. That could be someone you know, someone you really respect in the in the industry you're in or 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 anywhere really. Authority Hacker Pro Facebook group if you're a Met pro member. Just someone who knows what they're doing. And if you don't have someone who can recommend that, then pay someone to to help you or to recommend someone. As Gail said, you know, you can hire people 100, 200 bucks an hour on Upwork and many other places and get them to do all the vetting and hiring and, and, and stuff like that. Technical recruiters are, uh, you know, they are expensive, but they will, they will help you a lot in that, that kind of case. Yep. And that's cool. all you can do. I mean, you can't, it's, it's always going to be a risk, but if you don't have someone in place, then your, your site will go down at, at some point. And if it's already yeah. down, then it takes a while, a long time to bring someone on board. You, you know, you're losing money every every second that's down. So, it's a good idea to plan that before it goes down. Yeah. Unlike what we did on Atari Hacker. Yeah. When it went down, when I released the ClickBank post, actually, like the site would be going down every five minutes. <laughs> that was not a pleasant experience. Anyway, I think we're done with the five things you can outsource. Five when things you, you are... must outsource. Okay, that you must outsource, guys. When you're an Atari site owner. Thanks for joining, Mark. And guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.